Hi, and thank you for listening to Next Level Medical Assisting. Uh, This podcast is all about medical assisting and how we can be better, more efficient, and more patient-oriented. It will be positive and supportive, bringing together medical assistants and other clinical staff to be able to lightheartedly discuss medical assisting and related areas while exchanging ideas for how to be a better MA, such as compassion, detail-orientedness, staying professional, avoiding complacency, etc. There will be no politics or controversial topics here. Now for the legal stuff, the views and opinions stored and shared in this podcast are my own and are not endorsed by or representative of my employer. In addition, I am not a licensed medical professional approved to give medical advice. The information in this podcast is not in any way intended to be medical advice. Always seek the help of your physician or another qualified medical professional for any medical questions or concerns. Hello, and thank you for listening to this. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of Next Level Medical Assisting. Uh, the title of this episode is going to be Taking Initiative and Avoiding Excessive Comfortability or Complacency While Working. Uh, and so it's very important. This has to do with you know mistakes that can happen and, and getting too comfortable to where not following the right processes along the way. And so, you know, anywhere you work, you're going to have processes. And this is, you know, all of us get very so so comfortable and that we just kind of eventually over time start doing our own thing, uh, just like auto mode. And so that's what this episode here is about and hopefully help people try to avoid that, including myself. So the idea here is that mistakes happen, uh, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to avoid them, um, you know, to help keep processes standard companies usually enact policies to be the same across the clinics uh downside to this is is the idea of getting comfortable too comfortable or too complacent when doing the same processes over and over again you know if we alter them in any way even in a small way it's very easy to become the habit or the norm of of what we're doing and so it's it's sometimes you notice something that it maybe isn't we don't deem so important at the time uh, and then over time we just sort of end up just not doing it and marking it off anyways or, or whatever it may be deeming that it's not important until one day it becomes important and so anywhere you work will have policies for uh, just about everything although usually uh, bigger companies will have more restrictions uh with the policies just due to liability with so many employees uh that's just been my experience i, I don't own a business uh but I've worked in several different types of businesses, and I feel that, that that's sort of what I've seen. The more people they have doing these uh, processes, uh, that you know, they're going to be a little bit more limited in as to what they can do, depending on their their position in the company. Um, just so there's less chance of of a serious mistake happening. Um, as part of these policies, there's usually a specific way to do something, which over time, you know, can can seem pretty pointless or unnecessary or overkill. Uh, you know. Uh, doing the same thing over and over again, especially if you've done it maybe differently or, or um, more, you know, in a, in a different way that seems maybe is more efficient somewhere else at another job you've been at. Uh, you know, for example, one of these things could be, you know, a list of opening and closing procedures at the start or end of the day, you know, at, at least where everywhere I've been, they, they have those, and, you know, for good reason, because you want to make sure that you're doing the necessary things in the morning to open. Uh, and obviously the necessary things at, at, at to close so you know labs get taken out and machines get shut off and and whatnot and all that stuff make sure there's no patients left in the clinic and and so on uh and so as time passes it can get easy to get into an auto routine while you know while doing this while doing the opening or closing you know as, as like i mentioned some items on the list might seem small or unimportant uh and can get bypassed eventually you know and and, and we just start to kick into auto mode uh and we start to do the things that we deem 
important at the time and, and, and ultimately just check the whole list off after because the, the, the some things that maybe we didn't deem important for whatever reason, uh, maybe nobody was checking up on them or, or most of the time, you know, it's not, there's, it's not an issue. Um, you know, as opposed, we, we start checking them off as opposed to going down the list and, and doing each item item as we check it off. Uh, and, and, you know, it, over time, it just becomes very easy. It doesn't even take a lot of time. And so maybe, you know, cause nobody's following up on that until somebody does, you know, at least a lot of the places I've been at, they, you know, ultimately will audit those things and, and see what happens. And, and it's, it, it's important to remember that each one of those items on that list are there for a reason. And even if it's not obvious to us from day to day or that day when you're doing it, that somebody went over that list and created that list and it was important at some point for a reason. Now, it doesn't mean that it'll always be important and never drop off. No, but, you know, as medical assistants doing that, our feedback is usually welcome, but it's not our decision to make. And so it's important to go down that list because it could very likely be important for some reason that we're not aware of. Uh, and, and you know, so we need to make sure that we're going and doing that. And it's very easy to get too comfortable or complacent and, and, and decide not to do that. And, and uh, you know, it goes for a lot of things. Yeah, uh, this is one, you know, just one example uh, of how how this com comfortability or complacency negatively affects our jobs. Uh, there are a lot more. Uh, uh, several of them, this could be, you know, quality controls on tests. Um, I've personally seen clinics that don't do regular audits of their quality controls uh, for whatever reason. Maybe they're too small or whatever. They, they um, you know, they just trust that it's getting done. And because of that, it can seem almost acceptable to not do them, particularly you know, if you're in a hurry, you're a rush, or you got somebody waiting, or you're short of plate, or you're short of staff, or or whatever it is, uh, it's like, well, you know, this machine, the, the controls have been great every day. You know, they've been perfect every day. What's the big deal? I can go one day without it. But but really, you know, I think we all know that really you're not supposed to do that. Uh, but it, at the same time, we I think it's very easy to get into that mindset um, that it's that it's okay because it's like, oh, it's just one day, or or you know, it's it's always normal. What's the point of keep doing this? Uh, so it's something you really got to look out for. Uh, other other examples would be preparing immunizations or medications. Uh, the, obviously, these are usually even more, you know, can be some more severe mistakes. They lead to, you know, administering the wrong vaccine or or the wrong medication to a patient or the wrong dose or et cetera, you know, different different things that can come from it. And so, you know, we learn we learn in general in school that, you know, double, triple, quadruple check, you know, right patient, right medication, right dose, right time, right, right route, right site, all that stuff. And over time, you know, given the same, you know, I know in, in flu season, we're going to give hundreds of flu shots and it's like, oh man, I got to do this again. I'm going to verify this vaccine every single time. But the answer is, yeah, you do. You need to, because, the, you know, you're going to get into that auto mode and there's going to be the one time where you're going to have to give a different vaccine, like, uh, I don't know, a tetanus or a shingles or whatever it may be. Uh, and, you know, if you get it, if you allow yourself to get into that mode, by the time you realize it, it, it it can be too late and you realize you've already made a mistake. And a lot of times it's it's something so simple. Like you literally just pulled out the flu because you were so used to giving a flu vaccine and ultimately you should have been a tetanus and you realize it afterwards because you didn't actually check what you were administering. I've made this mistake several times actually in my career. I've seen lots of other people make it. So I, I speak from experience. It's very easy to do, uh, but it's also very easy to prevent by by staying alert and 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 doing what we know is the right thing to do, even if it doesn't, even if it seems monotonous at the time. 
you know, rooming patients uh, is another one. It seems so simple um, and it is relatively simple, but, you know, a, a lot of times as the MA, you know, we play, we could play a big part in rooming patients. You know, we're not the doctor, we're not allowed to diagnose or treat. And I'm not saying that we should do that by any means, but it doesn't mean that we can't observe and report something that we might see to the provider. I've done this lots of times in my career that caught something maybe the provider didn't, or it caught it before they did, or it gave them a heads up about it. Uh, and, and, you know, it, there, there's nothing wrong with that. And so by, you know, a lot of times we, we when we're rooming the patient, we're very, you know, obviously we might be very rushed and, you know, you're treating the patient as the chief complaint, uh, as, as opposed to as, as the patient or as a person. And so it's so simple to do this. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, depending on where you work, you know, you might be rooming five to 10 patients a day. You might be rooming 15 to 25 patients a day. You, you know, if you're working in urgent care, you could just be unbelievably swamped and you're just like, man, I just got to get them in and get them out. And, 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 you know, the other stuff doesn't really matter, but it does matter. A lot of the times it doesn't matter, uh, but it, but it does. And so the whole idea is to just not get too comfortable and to make sure that you're, you're staying alert and, and looking out for those things and treating them as the person, you know, are they, is there a difference in their personality or, or, you know, in, in their demeanor or, or whatnot than what might be usual um, or, or what might be a standard in general. Um, something as simple as confirming their name and date of birth, you know, before you room them. And I, I totally understand that 99% of the time it will be the right patient and the right paperwork and the right information. But it's so important to remember that it's not about the 99% of the time when the info is correct. It's about the 1% of the time when we catch a mistake. And so that can be hard to remember when, you know, 99% of the time you're like, oh man, you know, I, I really have to check this person's name and date of birth every time, you know, they're coming in weekly or, or, you know, they've been seen a million times. There's no way that their name and date of birth are, are incorrect. And I'm just going to run with it. And, you know, this is the right paperwork. And this person came when I called the name and it's got to be the right guy, but it, it doesn't, you know, granted most of the time it will be but it's not about that. It's about the few times that you catch the mistake. Um, this can be something as simple as reviewing medications and allergies. Uh, it's so easy to assume that somebody who's been coming to the clinic for any period of time wouldn't have any new allergies. It seems almost ridiculous to ask them every single time. And honestly, the patients might even say this to you, that, you know, I, I was just here, you know, and of course I don't have any new allergies. But again, it's not about the times when there is no change. It's about the times when there is a new allergy or a wrong or missing allergy. That's what we have to stay focused on. And that's what's important that, that you know, it, it, it's so easy to get into that uh, monotonous mindset that, you know, I don't need to do this because it never changes. It does change. It just doesn't change very often. And it's about, the, you know, what's so important is the one time you catch the mistake. You know, more than a couple, more than a couple times, I've I have caught spelling mistakes and you know names or addresses or wrong dates of birth on patients that have been coming to clinic for periods of time, even years. I mean, it's 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 really shocking that this patient could be coming so many times. Every staff member really is probably supposed to be checking their name and date of birth, you know, phone number, address, whatever it may be. And for whatever reason, you know, they just everybody just kind of got in this auto mode and it didn't get done, including the provider. So you know, it's not just one person. It's not just thing. It just shows how easy it is to get into that mindset uh, of, of not worrying about the details because you feel like you, you already know everything and there's no point in doing that. You know, the biggest point to take from this is acknowledging that we are all human and humans are not perfect and that's okay. 
But that's why we have policies and processes to do our best to minimize mistakes or catch them before they cause harm or reach the patient. And so it's important to remember why those are there, even on those those monotonous days where, you know, it's like, oh, man, I don't have time to do this or I don't want to do this or, you know, why am I doing this? Just remember that it's it's because it's not about the, the majority of the time. It's about the few times, the few times that you catch the mistakes. Uh, you know, another thing is lead by example. You know, don't be afraid to stand out for doing the right thing. If a coworker gives you a hard time about doing it by the book, you should take it as a compliment and reiterate that you are trying to avoid mistakes. You know, I'm I a lot of times I'm referred to as a by the book guy and you know what i i take pride in that i'm okay with that and and it's you know it's not it doesn't speak it says it says the most about me it's not about what it says about other people it says it about me that i'm you know my my goal and priority here is to is to not make mistakes and if i can help other people not make mistakes then then that's great and that's really the way it should be for the really for the benefit of the patient for the benefit of everything and for the safety of the patient um you know to do the right thing even when it it seems like it's it's not the most convenient or even when it seems almost um, unnecessary. Uh, and so, you know, if somebody does happen to, you know, call you out on that or say something, a lot of times I know it sounds ridiculous, but, you know, even adults, we can succumb to peer pressure, you know, getting, uh, I don't know about if bullied is the word, but getting, you know, somebody just kind of giving you a hard time for being a, a by the book kind of guy, you know, it's, again, you just reiterate to them, you're, you're doing your best to not make mistakes. You're happy to be doing it by the book. Um, but it is by no means your responsibility to take it upon yourself to critique them for how they're doing things. And so, you know, it's not, unless you're their supervisor or whatnot, or they're doing something extremely unsafe, you know, it's, you don't necessarily have to say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm better than you because of it. You know, it's just, we're all capable of those mistakes and falling in those sort of ruts of, of doing the same thing. And so leading by example can, can actually create a lot of change. You know, with that said, uh, depending on what it is that they might be doing that may or may not be serious enough, uh, it might need to be reported, you know, to a supervisor or compliance officer to be addressed if it's, you know, if depending on what it is, because things do need to be done. Uh, and at some point, you know, safety becomes a concern. And so, you know, those things need to be addressed, although not necessarily by by you. Um, so to report them is is not a bad thing. You know, they usually, for the most part, companies are trying to get better processes and they're not trying to punish people that are making mistakes. Um, you know, and with that said, mistakes will happen. OK, most important. Most important from that is to learn from them and adjust your processes or behavior to prevent them in the future. It, you know, it is it is not the end of your career. And as MAs, it's less likely we would cause severe permanent harm to a patient just because of what we do and the limitations on what we do, although that does not diminish the seriousness of making an error. Any error is not okay. It needs to be addressed. It should be fixed so it doesn't happen again in the future. Uh, and, 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 you know, but the fact is they're going to happen. We're human. I have, I have made lots of them through my career. Uh, you know, when I, when I have externs or when I train people, I try to make a point of this, that, you know, the goal is to not make any mistakes, but the fact is you will make mistakes. It's going to happen because we're human. And, uh, from what I've seen, even myself as an extern or a new MA, I was terrified. I thought for sure I was going to, you know, kill somebody the first time I gave them a vaccine in the clinic or, or whatnot, but, but, or even the first time I made a mistake, but I was lucky enough to work in a place that I had very supportive staff, including providers who, who would actually tell me what I'm saying now that, you know, mistakes happen. It's okay. Like, I mean, it, it's not, it shouldn't have happened. But, you know, this person is not going to, there's no serious or permanent harm here. Uh, and we just address it. And so, the, and, you know, assuming, you know, it, 
when a mistake does happen, uh, you know, some things that you can do to sort of uh, address them as is. And this can be hard, okay? Mistakes are easily made. The hard part is how you react to them and how you address them and change your behavior to help that they don't hope that they don't happen again and and change your routine. And so you always want to acknowledge your mistake. Okay, so, you know, the, the first thing you do, you don't necessarily want to tell the patient right off the bat what happened. And that's just a matter of you don't want to scare them or freak them out. You, you want to, you know, you absolutely not going to lie to them, but you're going to you're going to consult and you're going to consult with the ordering provider. Ideally, first, let them know what happened. Don't don't uh, you know, don't don't beat around the bush. You know, this is this was ordered. This is what I did. You know, this is this was the error that I made. You know, and this is where we're at and, and see what the ordering provider has to say, because they're going to be the or, or any provider, but ideally the ordering provider, because they're going to be the one to give you guidance on, on what to do next. They're going to know the severity of the mistake that was made. They're going to know how to best approach it, you know, and then depending on the error, uh, you know, you, you, you should. If appropriate, you should report to the supervisor as well, depending on what it is, because, you know, it's possible, depending on the error, that the patient is going to be justifi justifiably upset uh, and they're probably going to want to talk to the manager. And so and you know what, depending on the error, that's very reasonable and that's OK, you know, because we're not hiding anything from them. We made a mistake. We're going to own up to it. Uh, and you just you want to make sure that the supervisor you know, is aware and alert so they don't get blindsided by this patient coming around to tell them about what happened. And plus, it shows your supervisor that you own your mistakes, you acknowledge what you did wrong, and you're willing to change. And so, it, you know, it's, it's, it's better all around. And the supervisor and the manager will sort of help you, guide you on how to approach that, whether you advise the patient about what happened or whether the provider thinks they should or, or, or whatever has to do, if there's any future follow-up that needs to be done, if they were given the wrong medication or, or whatnot. And so, you know, leave it up to them to do that. And then we just, you know, we just have to, our responsibility is to own our mistake and do what is necessary from that point forward to address it. Um, you know, most important, don't get mad. Uh, I mean, if you, you know, it's very, it's, it's, it's very common and, and very uh, understanding as to people getting embarrassed. And you know what? Embarrassment is part of making a mistake. It should be used as motivation to not do it again in the future. But, you know, you made a mistake, you messed up and that's okay. But part of that is, you know, you're going to be embarrassed about it. You got to own up to it. And, and that's okay. But anger or frustration um, doesn't help anybody. And by no means uh, do you ever, you know, blame the patient or, or blame anybody else. Um, you know, even if other people were involved, uh, you know, it, even if it really was somebody else's fault, you know, you don't, you don't do that because that just, that just doesn't look good. And it's not the right thing to do they, you know, you wouldn't want somebody blaming you necessarily if you made the mistake, you want to figure out what happened in the process that went wrong uh, to allow that mistake to happen. And so, you know, it doesn't help anybody by throwing around blame or deflecting. You just accept what you did. You know, I made this mistake. I'm so sorry. You know, what can I, I'm going to try to find out what I can do to prevent this in the future. Uh, and, you know, something that I really, truly believe in is, is, you know, if you can't acknowledge your mistakes, you can never learn from them. So, you know, I, when I, if I'm training people or I see something, you know, people that make mistakes don't, don't necessarily concern me. Right. Unless they're obviously making multiple mistakes or very, very serious mistakes or or they're not getting better or not and not attempting it. But the biggest concern for me is if somebody makes a mistake, even minor, if they cannot acknowledge that they made a mistake and that they're willing to fix it and and they messed up. That to me is a huge red flag, huge, red, huge, excuse me, huge red flag, because it's like if you can if you can't acknowledge uh, that you made the mistake, that means that 
you were never willing to address it or change what what you did that made the mistake and so you can never get better and the chance of you making that same mistake again is very good and and you know that that to me is is really more concerning than the fact that somebody actually makes a mistake and so it's it's just important to remember you know we're all human and that's how you know that's that's how just how life is and and you know we don't want to get too comfortable in what we do um you know, just 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 keep your head up and, and stay on the ball and, you know, just know that at some point you likely will start drifting to being too comfortable and 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 just sort of getting in this routine. So it's you know, it's important to just check yourself um, however, however often it's and, you know, and and when you're given a vaccine, you know, double, triple, quadruple check, you know, the right vaccine, even if it seems ridiculous, you know, you check it, you check it again, you confirm the patient's name and date of birth multiple times. And when they question you about it, you explain why why it's important. Uh, and, and I promise you the time will come where you'll catch that mistake and it will all make sense. It will. It might take years, but it will happen. Uh, and, 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 you know, you'll see the benefit from it. And the silent benefit there is that no mistake, you know, ideally no mistakes would happen in the meantime. Uh, and that's sort of where you go with the whole, uh, you know, no news is good news, right? So if you don't, you know, sometimes people get too comfortable with something and, and, and lose sight of the benefit of it. But the idea is to not make mistakes. And then when you catch that one mistake, that, that is, a uh, that is, you know, that makes it all worth it, really, at least for me. I, I I almost pride myself on finding that because it makes it safer for everybody and and uh, it just shows that you're detail-oriented. So, you know, that's that's uh, that that's the most important thing, at least for for this episode here, and and, and uh, just to stay focused and, and make sure we're on the ball. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening, and I, I hope you come back for uh, for the next episode. Uh, but for now, just make sure, you know, we're checking ourselves and not getting too comfortable. And, uh, you know, staying detail-oriented and, and trying to catch mistakes. Uh, thank you very much. I'll see you guys next time.